0: Hi, and welcome to The Point Being, the Arizona Daily Stars Opinion Page Podcast. I'm Sarah Garrett-Gasson, the Opinion Page Editor, and I'm here with David Fitzsimmons, our cartoonist and columnist. Howdy, hey. And Edward Zelaya, our opinion writer and podcast producer.
1: How's it going, folks?
0: So, uh, it's not going great, as it turns out, for the country. Um, This weekend, there were two mass shootings, murders. Uh, one in Dayton and one in El Paso. Uh, 31 people uh, have been killed in those two places and many more shot and injured. And yet again, here we are uh, thinking about and contemplating and remembering what it is like to go through that as a community. And Dave, what are your thoughts?
2: I my thought is I swore I'd drawn these cartoons years ago and I we just keep reprinting them. Uh, my thoughts uh, my thoughts are shaped by this looking at Facebook and looking at folks who disagree with me and looking at their posts and seeing that once again we're in those two frozen parallel universes where we're not living on the same planet and experiencing the same news stories as they develop. Uh, at least the way that uh, the way that I do, and uh, you know, trying to get past all the familiar arguments, uh, the only way things will change is if we somehow unseat Mitch McConnell and change the uh, makeup of the Senate, and that seems very challenging.
0: Edward, what about you?
1: Uh, I I too have kind of seen that uh, that great divide uh, between left and right in the in the aftermath of this, um, but what. What kind of sticks out to me is just um, the same arguments over and over and over again. It's it's not the gun; it's the person behind the gun. It, no gun law would have ever stopped the anybody uh, possessed enough to do something like this. I I don't buy any of that. Um, to me, if it, it, it's definitely worth a try, uh, implementing a universal background checks closing the boyfriend loopholes, those are just two easy things that I think should be able to to garner about somewhere between 70 and 75% uh, approval amongst Mm -hmm. uh, just the normal uh, people that eat with forks and knives uh, set. Um, But we still keep on hearing the same sort of almost, it's almost dogma to fall back onto after an event like this. And I'm just waiting, maybe now that we've had two and 24 hour period, maybe now some sort of practical change will be affected because of it. it's unfortunate that it takes stuff like this because we know, uh, you know, we're, we're so used to conditioned to this, this sort of cycle yeah. that we just need to keep it right now, kind of in the consciousness, because if it's lost again, I, I don't, I, I don't know if we'll ever see any real change.
2: I think Edward's uh, viewpoint. Your your idealism is so romantic. I just <laughs> want a swan. It's it's charming. It's upbeat.
0: Have you just been in the business too long t- of news oh, business? Oh,
2: so long. I uh, I I've, I've, I've gu- I guard my spoken words and I guard my thoughts, um, because when you said that this weekend may have been enough, you know, you throw in the massacre of children. Uh, school, the massacre of individuals waiting to worship in their church or individuals in their synagogue, and that is not sufficient. My suspicion is what may push it over is the horrible possibility that this will begin to, these events will become so commonplace, it will start to be not unlike putting popcorn in a microwave where you get the pop, 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 before you know it, the whole country is aflame with these type of actions. Um, and then maybe some kind of action will be taken. We're we're slow to act unless the problem is uh, terribly acute, and until just about every last one of us is going to have to be related to someone who's perished in such a horrible mass shooting.
1: You know, that's interesting you bring that up, because I I was looking at a number that since Columbine, Mm -hmm. more than 200,000 students have been directly affected by some sort of school shooting between Columbine, I think, was 1998. I think it was 2016, the numbers I'm looking at. That is an enormous amount of students that have been present during school shootings. Um, It just kind of goes to to this sort of um, also a generational thing that this has been something that ever since I remember watching news on the TV, this has been with us. I think maybe you guys can remember a time that before this was a pretty much bi-weekly occurrence is what it's it's come yeah, out Yeah, my to earliest now.
2: memory is uh, Charles Whitman taking the tower in Texas mm. when I was a kid, a little
1: boy. And so those were so few and far between at that time that they stuck out as almost these totems of, oh my gosh, we've, we've got to, we, you know, you have to guard against it, but it's, oh, it's once in a in a half decade sort of thing. These... The frequency now has become, another number I was looking at is if you count mass shootings by, uh, the, uh, by four or more people excluding the shooter, um, these the, the, you get more than one a day, almost one and a half a day
0: yeah, uh, we've in the had, last two years. We've had more, day, more shootings this year, mass shootings, the same um, criteria this year than days
1: so far. And that is actually skyrocketed, because if you look at 2013, which is the number I'm looking at. Why (laughs) doesn't this data
2: matter? Why doesn't this data have any impact? Why don't the pictures of the carnage, the pain, the mothers giving their lives to protect their infants, why does it not matter?
0: Well, in one sense, you could think of it uh, in, in environmental terms. People can, we can hear all day that, uh species are going extinct or they're endangered or that that things that we as humans do are creating peril. Um but until you get the fuzzy little um animal creature that, that needs help mm-hmm. you know no one's rushing out to save insects right. or whatever. Narwhals. You know, right. You need yeah. you need that um that emotional connection and I think it's also The same with if it's just numbers and people tune out numbers, it's not real. And I don't know what, I mean, after Sandy Hook Elementary School, how do you, how do you do, I mean, there's nothing that will shock people, I don't think. And I mean, and think about the Vietnam War. It was the images of the carnage and the Americans coming home in body bags and all of that that finally made some people change their minds and some things Some things happen. I would like to think that people can be moved by rational, thoughtful, this is a big problem, you know, these numbers are shocking, but I just haven't seen it happen and I don't know what it will take to make that happen. And frankly, I don't know how we're never going to come to an agreement. We're never going to come to a this is the way forward. But the thing one of the many many things I get so frustrated about is that if it's not going to solve the entire problem then why do it? Why do anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have prevented, you know, the Dayton shooting. So why would we do anything? It wouldn't have prevented um the Tucson shooting. So why would we do anything? And that I think is the most dismaying, frustrating part about um, the policy side because it it's just inertia. It's absolute and utter inertia. Why would we do anything if we can't fix the entire thing?
2: That's true. I also, we're up against purists who, I think their beliefs are born out of uh,
1: mythology. It's a religious
2: belief almost. It's at a this mythology point. Yeah. about the, the merit of the Second Amendment being mm-hmm. My protection against a tyrannical government that I, Timmy, constitutional scholar living in the hills with my semi-automatic weapon can save America from a tyrant. As if we don't have one now.
1: And it's so funny that the solution to having all these guns, at least last night when I'm listening to, to the, you know, 20th, 21st century philosopher known as Sean Hannity... Um, <laughs> He is Why advocating would you do
2: that to yourself.
1: He and others like him now are advocating that hey we should have policemen on every floor of every uh, mall and school so that they can protect us from these people with guns. Which just kind of goes to this circular round. Of, we need guns to protect us from the guns, to also protect us from the government. But we need the government with all these guns to protect us mm-hmm. from these people with guns. Yes, all of which is...
2: It makes no sense. It makes sense if you're a gun manufacturer. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And you need everybody and their brother. I, I I think this goes a little bit too towards the absurdity of that argument, because if you take it to its logical conclusion, then it's like, well, I mean, how are we going to arm 15 and 13 year olds in school? Because, you know, there's going to be an instance where, Oh, what happens if the teacher gets shot first? Doesn't everybody, this, it, yes. it, it gets to the blaming the victim uh, of, of that sort of reasoning. Um, and I've seen that a lot in the last two, three days here where, Oh, it, it, This actually happened in a uh, a gun-free zone. First of all, neither of these – neither of the the two Mm -hmm. uh, that happened were in gun-free zones. And then that – oh, well, thankfully uh, the good guys with the guns were there. Well, actually it was just lucky that they – that this seemed to happen in places where law enforcement were able in both of these uh, cases to encounter them within a minute. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: still they were able to kill massive amounts of people within that minute it's not the prayer in school or lack of prayer in schools it's not video games it's access to the guns folks that's that's what it is
0: and i think the uh white supremacy uh nativism mm. anti immigrant anti brown anti anything that's not white mm. i think that is do you david do you do you think that we have turned a corner that that is now the what the the motivation for these shootings people trying to outdo each other or do you think that I I guess my question is is this more the single actor that we've seen or is this more political white nationalism that sort of uh impetus
2: uh the Dayton shooter aside because I don't know if we have a Conclusion about what his motive was, in spite of the fact that the majority of victims, I think, were African Americans. Um, I think what is significant here is how uh, the white nationalists are connected by the web uh, and they're part of an international uh, movement, in a sense, and they egg each other on. And uh, it's pretty clear to me that this shooter in El Paso, in a sense, was a copycat shooter, you know, inspired by. Uh, Christ Church, perhaps by uh, the festival in uh, Southern California and other uh, similar events. So I, I see it as a, uh, a contagion mm. and it's it's just it's not going to get better. Uh, I'll be surprised if there are, are not more uh, violent uh, acts uh, in the future. Uh, if anything comes out of it, that might be positive. God forgive me for thinking such a thing. Mm. It might solidify the uh, anti, uh, I hate to use the word Second Amendment, we'll say anti-NRA sensibility of the American masses uh, because fear is a powerful motivator. The day will come when the majority of us will be afraid to go to a church, to send our kids to school, to go out to a mall. And then maybe then, maybe we will cry for change, but... I think it'll it'll require that, unfortunately, because the gun lobby is so financially powerful.
1: So I, I definitely want to speak a little bit to this uh the idea of the, the white nationalism. Um what's really alarming to me You're sort of off white. A little bit. You're kind of uh, beige. It's my mama. It's Sweet. it's from the mama side uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um but the the part that's really alarming to me is that if you read through his manifesto Uh, He talks about basically what what's known in the right wing circles as the great replacement theory that they are that people from South America and from other cultures are out here to invade America and do change the predominantly white culture to, I guess, something like our our, one of our state representatives said to look like South America. Yes. Um, And that is a talking point that in the 70s and 80s was the exclusive realm of white nationalists, uh, really very fringe characters. Yes. And it is the sort of rhetoric that now you can turn on every night between the hours of 7 and 9 on Fox and see it literally every half hour pushed at you. And to me, that is the real alarming part of this. Um, the fact that uh, Tr- President Trump yesterday tweeted that, hey, maybe I should tie uh, immigration reform to any sort of gun solutions we come to. This is an insidious very uh, a strange, uh, almost, a, uh, it is, it's obviously racist, stream of ideology that has percolated. I, I've seen, I remember seeing r- little pieces of it in high school, and now in the last 15 years, it has become totally mainstream. It is the main talking point against immigration on the right, is, I what, right. is what I think. So, the folks
2: chanting and, in the yeah, Charlottesville.
1: Yeah, this is, to me, this is. The context in which the shootings in El Paso and California kind of happen in, and to deny that there is a sort of, uh, there's not an exact A B line from hey this sort of rhetoric to this sort of shooting, but to think that it doesn't uh, encourage or make somewhat more acceptable the hey well if national politicians are thinking it and I've been hearing this in my circles. Maybe we should do something about it.
0: I'd also like to point out that Donald Trump, you know, talked about people who are mentally ill and um, acting as if that was the, the primary problem with all of this. Um, focusing on mental health, mental illness totally does not. It totally misses the point in part because it's not like if you have a mental illness or you are. Um, have issues going on that you're not aware of. What's going on in the world? It it treats it as if none of what's coming out of Donald Trump's thumbs or other people's mouths or on the internet that it's that it's not just permeating the culture and affecting people um, in different ways. And so to to kind of try to switch. It's not the blame, it's the responsibility um, to people, video games, or mental illness, that... Gay
2: agenda. Prayer in schools. Right.
0: Um, Yeah, we have a a piece tomorrow um, from Cal Thomas.
2: Uh, We need more prayer.
0: We do. We do. It's because we've, you know, gone away from God. So, uh, Dave, you have a a cartoon that I see that you have pulled out.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, I thought about this question uh, when I heard Trump argue that our pervasive gun violence is a mental health issue. And I found myself immediately, unlike you guys, I found myself immediately agreeing that it is a mental health issue, particularly where Congress is concerned, because Congress is an NRA codependent paranoid gun fetishist (laughs) with a sociopathic addiction to blood money. Yeah, it's a mental health issue. Agreed. And you throw in
1: denial.
0: I agree with that. <laughs> I that do. That
1: is a astute, yeah. well, kind so of summation.
0: We're that. getting a lot of letters to the editor about these issues, Edward. What are you seeing, and what are people writing in?
1: You know, I'm. I was surprised. I was actually thinking I would see people kind of pushing back. That hey, why, you know, we don't want you to take our guns. I'm seeing a lot of folks who are just. This is the last straw. This we are fed up. Um, it's time for Congress to do something. Like you said, Sarah, even if the, even if these new laws that would be instated wouldn't stop somebody in Dayton or wouldn't stop the person in California, it might just stop somebody from killing themselves. The number one cause of suicide in this country is by gun death. Uh, and just to have somebody wait a week instead of like a day or just being able to walk in and get it like it's a Pez dispenser – <laughs> uh, might yeah. might help might help somebody think twice about it or might let might give them enough time to get get the help that they need so to me i and, and uh, not just to me excuse me uh, what I've been seeing coming in over the letter to the editor wire is mostly folks who are 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 demanding some sort of action you do get some who are but these are—are are we willing to give up our liberties in face of uh, you know these tragedies? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes, we are. Uh, I, I think to a certain extent, yes, uh, protection and safety in the modern era is a little bit more important than uh, protecting somebody's right to walk around freely within AK-47. So yeah. that's that's what I'm seeing mostly from letters to the editor. Interesting.
0: People are talking about, you know, we, we need to do something. Do something yes. is, is catching on. And Ohio Governor uh, Mike DeWine, a Republican, uh, yesterday was speaking to a crowd, and people started chanting, do something, mm-hmm. do something. And what he had um, been talking about was, you know, we need hit the, I'm paraphrasing, his, his speech was basically, we need to, you know, remember these people and... Make sure they're, the families know that we're thinking of them and, and do whatever we can. And so the, there's a pause and people start shouting, do something, do something. And so he picks it back up, like, do whatever we can to make sure they know that, that we're with them and in our thoughts. It was just so impotent and Ugh. so... Mealy mouse. Tab them. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think, what do you think about the red flag? laws, the idea that it there should be a better, easier way where if because in many of these situations people have said the you know we knew something was not was dangerous. We knew he had access to firearms, there was nothing we can do. Uh because now the GOP is like, hey red flag laws. There should be a way if you think your son or daughter or husband or neighbor or whoever to go and, and have weapons removed, at least temporarily. You have your thinking face on, Dave. Uh,
2: if, these, if these laws can pass court tests, I'm in favor of them. All fears of a minority report kind of situation aside, where you're trying to predict criminality mm-hmm. and predict criminal behavior, um, I think it's, it's worth it to the overall system mm-hmm. to have red flag laws. To save our lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there will be protections for individuals who may who will be accused. That's my sense of it.
0: Right. And the, the whole idea, remember the, the terrorist list, the no-fly list? Oh, the no-fly yes.
2: list, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: the, I remember speaking with Senator Martha McSally, who is was then representative Martha McSally, um, talking about, you know, the, the problem is that you get on this list and there's no way to get yourself off this list, and that's the big problem, and that's why we... Shouldn't keep people on the no fly list from passing background checks, so I think the no fly or the red flag idea is solid. I think it's a good idea there are similar um, there are similar ways in current statute to to do that, but as you said it's gonna there's gonna be a court test and there's gonna be people who will say that the the right to own a firearm outweighs any concern.
1: Um, yeah, the NRA, they're going to say that. Yeah. They're going to definitely say that. Um, I think that a law like that, I'm like 95%, like, like kind of like you, Dave, I'm 95% of the way there. It's got to pass constitutional muster, obviously. But um, when it comes down to it, the uh, hassle of having somebody's guns taken away is. A small uh, societal price to pay, I think, uh, than to have some sort of domestic dispute or that person get suicidal with a gun. Uh, yeah. To me, I think domestic abuse. Yeah, that that to me is. I mean, that's what we lose a lot of in these discussions about mass killings. Um, is that you know a lot of a lot of gun violence is tied to to domestic violence um, and. I, I think that a law like that would would really it would help to co- close this boyfriend loophole uh which is where even if, if if somebody is cohabitating with you they you can in some juris, in some states like Arizona get a court order to have weapons taken away or consider that um if they are not cohabitating with you um that that goes out the door so I think there needs mm-hmm. to be a federal hey we, you know, we can prove there was some sort of relationship. There is obviously evidence of domestic violence. We need to take those persons' guns away, whether it's male or female, whoever it may be. You know what we're describing here is
2: uh, nuance, yeah, oh God. Uh, complexity, legal complexity, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which I'm in perfect agreement with. Trouble is that legal complexity is trying to take on mythology. And uh, that's the challenge. I mean, that's why Mitch McConnell, aside from the blood money he receives in the NRA, perhaps he actually believes the mythology about the Second Amendment being a uh,
1: sacrosanct.
2: Thank you.
0: Well, what we wrote about today in our editorial in Tuesday's paper, Online Tuesday, was basically about calling Mitch McConnell to, uh, and our own um, Arizona Senators Kirsten Cinema and Martha McSally to do whatever they can to push Mitch McConnell to bring to the Senate floor for a vote two bills from that passed overwhelmingly bipartisanly in the House to the Senate. And he has just sat on those bills since February. Like a turtle. Like a, well, mm. we like turtles. That's true. <laughs> yes. Like a
2: Muscovite?
0: What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shivering in the cold. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there are things in the process, and I think that it's so easy to get discouraged and just overwhelmed by the mountain of grief and anger and all of that. That we need to, you know, red flag laws push Mitch McConnell to get these things to the floor. Call your senators and your representatives, and do something. It's not something that is so immense that we, we are helpless. There are things we can do. And I think that's something people need to, to think about and to hear and, and to take action on,
1: mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I'm all for local control and and municipalities and jurisdictions coming up with their own rules. But if there's Chicago is the reason for why that, that it needs to be more, it needs to be a federal sort of thing because all you have to do, if you're in Chicago, is go to any state around you, uh, and you can purchase again. And it's it's more easy. More than
2: twenty dead this weekend. Yeah, I was you. talking to a friend of mine, the cartoonist of the Tribune, and he said, "Hey, more than twenty people shot and killed each other on the streets of Chicago while we're upset about the mass shooting."
1: So, so to me, um, that that is a big. Like I like I said, I, I'm all for local control in, in issues of law, large and small. But for issues like this where it's public health and uh, um, national security are in the balance, you need to have some sort of federal guidelines, some sort of federal baseline for this. And hopefully it doesn't look like they're going to be going back into session anytime soon since uh, our uh, totally senator's clavicle is now broken. That's Uh, right. So uh, I I am – as, as much as like you folks said, like hey, you, you've got that optimism in you. Uh, I'm still optimistic that there will be some sort of movement after this. Now, I think I think there's a movement enough for
2: it. Did he fall on his head? Uh, no, I
1: shoulder? guess he fell from shoulder uh, yeah. under shoulder. So
0: his lofty perch His
1: That's
0: lofty. Perch. <laughs> so let's. Uh, uh, put a positive spin on this conversation and talk about your uh, reader response. Got any good emails or voicemails um, for us, Dave?
2: Uh, I don't have any good voicemails, but I got some interesting uh, letters uh, regarding my uh, silly column about uh, drawing uh, at the drawing studio oh, and yeah. reminiscing about the college years and we draw naked people. Naked. For semesters, in time for semesters, <laughs> I got a, a fair number of letters, 11,
1: 11 <laughs> emails
2: from people who had reminiscences about, when I was at the Rhode Island School of Design in 1847, Rodelia came. so here's one letter, enjoyed reading your memories of drawing from a young age to now, I was a freshman at the Rhode Island School of Design, all students uh, had to take a drawing before beginning their degree selection, uh, one class was the dreaded life drawing with models. Why would you dread it? Okay. A gloomy winter day. <laughs> I looked out a third-story window of life drawing studio building at the street below and saw an attractive woman, woo entering our building. Wondered what it would be like if that person was our model. Well, she was. When they went to our life drawing studio, <laughs> she never came back. All the young men's oogling eyeballs dropped on the floor. I was terrified. We have to look at that model and draw her image? Sir, please overcome your fear. I always had trouble drawing human figures. After months of struggle, I just let the charcoal pencil do what it was designed to do. Let the force be with you, doodler. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: Mr. Fink, my life-drawing instructor teacher, looked at my effort and said, You're finally on the way. And I saw when I looked up this writer's uh, background, he had a very interesting background. It says here, I got hired at Hallmark Card Sales Promotion Department in 1960, then transferred to Contemporary Design Studio because it included my love for lettering, wood type, and banjos. What? I got an A-plus as a senior for my degree for my project presentation. It's a lovely incoherent letter. Signed, Sir Banjo Gordy. And he sent me a wonderful <sighs> example of his artwork. And I realized, oh, my God, this is the guy who's been drawing those Hallmark cards. I've been drawing forever.
1: Wow. wow. At first, I thought it was Steve Martin with the banjo quip.
2: Yeah. It's one of those silly, wonderful, He you here in Tucson. That's got, so cool. i got to break bread with him, and we'll talk about naked people. <laughs> to That's, That's the best
1: icebreaker there is. I think so. Naked
2: people. Or, there
1: you
0: go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we have uh, covered a lot of ground with... Um, gun-related issues. I wish that uh, this was something that we could just talk about once and feel Mm -hmm. confident that we never have to address again, but I'm unfortunately sure that we will. Um, Yeah,
1: in two days with uh, U.S. Representative Ann Kirkpatrick, I believe we will.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we have uh, Ann Kirkpatrick our Congresswoman CD2, Mm -hmm. coming in um, later this week. And so we're going to include that as an episode in the point B.
1: Look out for a special episode on that, dropping probably this Friday.
0: Dropping. Perfect. She's (laughs) uncommonly normal. She is. Yeah. She is.
2: Yeah.
0: So uh, with that... I will say that we would love to hear from you at tucson.com/opinion. You can send us a letter to the editor or a guest opinion. There are links at the top. My email is S-G-A-S-S-E-N at tucson.com
1: and you can contact me at ecelaya that's e c e l a y a at tucson.com or on Twitter at reporter eddy. And you can contact
2: me at tuner at Tucson.com
1: that's Tuner rhymes with
2: Nooner at Tucson.com oh my god he gave away his
1: email
0: list he did
2: he did (laughs) it's a loafer now
0: (laughs) all right so we will remind you that our opinions are ours and not necessarily those of Lee Enterprises which owns the Star so hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you real soon have a good
1: one folks adios